Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Today we are welcomed by our sports and recreation minister, Nathan Quillen, as he delivers an inspiring message on strength and how we as men can be strong in our faith. Now, let's hear from Nathan. Um, we're going to try to talk loud. I, I'm now in a position where I like to roam and, and go big boy voice, but now i got to get stationary and... You know, that's the beauty of technical difficulty. That is ministry in a nutshell, by the way, right? It's either flexibility uh, or be flexible. And so it's no matter how you say it, you just got to do it. And so today we're going to uh, get to a point where I'm going to get real fidgety standing here bringing up some good stuff and because uh, I talk with my hands. So if I'm here, I'm going to smack this mic about 12 times. may smack myself a few times, but, but, but it's going to be a good time. So... Uh, for those of you that don't know me, uh, welcome first timer, right? That's, uh, there's never anything uh, wrong with getting welcomed in a way that you have to confess some uh, criminal things. And as a lifelong Texas Ranger fan, uh, this has been a good year so far, right? So um, uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm the sports and recreation pastor or minister here on staff. Been here for 11 years. Uh, and still 11 years later, Justin Hillhouse cannot say my last name. Because no matter how many times you look at it, there is no N except at the end of my last name. So it is Quillen. Uh, anybody who's been around would call me Coach or Nathan or Q or anything of that nature. So if you ever see me, uh, then typically it's going to be in that uh, 12,000 square foot box over in the middle of the church uh, where we get a chance to, to hang out with kids. I always say I've got the best job in the church uh, because I get to play sports, talk about Jesus and then hurt myself and mask it under uh, age. Uh, and so they said after 40, it's supposed to be easy, right? That's what they said. No, okay, no. They said after 40, it, gets, it, uh, it starts to get harder. Well, I challenged that belief, except then a week after 40, it got harder. Uh, and so, and that's all right. I feel good about it. Uh, I got uh, been married for 25-ish years. Uh, got four girls, and uh, they're all older kiddos now, which is great, which just means at some point they're going to get off the payroll, right? And how many of you guys have experienced the beauty of getting them off the payroll? Yes? Yeah. That's, uh, that is the great day waiting to happen. And, uh, and at that point, uh, we'll just start shoveling that money into something else or saving it for grandkids. So everybody says that uh, you're never ready to have grandchildren. I'm ready at some point in the next 10 or 15 years. Which would be good. So I'm going to try to kind of square my notes over here a little bit and just share some stuff with you. Today, men, I thought we'd talk about uh, strength uh, and ask this question, like the strength of men. What is it and where is it gone? Uh, I have uh, a problem that anywhere I go, um, I usually can strike up a conversation over anything. Uh, if I don't know whatever the subject is, I'm, I'm happy to at least sound like I know what it, what it is while I'm listening for good key information. But uh, live up in a little small area up in Van Alstine, and, and I have a, a gas station that I frequent. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm having a withdrawal this morning because usually I go over there and get me an unsweet tea and meet with some of the guys that are there. And, uh, and so one day, as I'm there at this gas station, uh, the little, it's called a quick check back on the backside. And uh, I meet a guy there who's kind of talking, and uh, he goes out and gets gas, and I'm out there getting gas at the same time. And all of a sudden, uh, we, we talk as, uh, 
as is normal in small town world, right? And so his name is Harold, and Harold begins to ask, you know, what do you do? Who are you? And I begin to kind of just share a little bit about me. And, and then at that point, kind of just he's like, you know, it's odd because I've got a question. Well, anytime that you confess uh, in this day and age that you're a, a servant of the Lord uh, and, uh, and then you serve vocationally on staff, usually when you say, I got a question, Right there, Pandora's box is about to get open. You just don't know for a guy that's just willing to go. And so he starts to ask a question about marriage. And he goes, you know, after 30 years of where I'm at and called the boredom of life, he said, I find myself doing stuff I ought not do. And Harold has confessed at this point a weakness in his life, the same weakness that has become kind of a, uh, a normalcy in culture, right? He jumps on to the good idolatry uh, that uh, we all seem to have had issues with in life. And he asks, he says, why do I find myself struggling, pouring more into this after so many years and not into my wife? And so we strike up an opportunity to meet weekly. And uh, so usually on a Monday morning or, or a Wednesday morning, I'll roll over and, and start visiting with, uh, with a guy. And we'll just kind of have some time for a few weeks. Harold and I were meeting and we're talking stuff. Now, Harold is a small town guy himself. Grew up, uh, and he, the way he always described it, he said, uh, he said, I can remember way back when. Now you know you're talking country, Right. I can remember way back when I'd get off the bus from school and go straight to work there on the farm. Now, that's cool for me because I was the same way, grew up small town kid and uh, just out in New Hope, Texas, just about half a mile away from McKinney, and uh, would jump off a bus and immediately at my granddaddy's, uh, he'd send me back there to the back 30 acres, and he said, those three are yours, son. And so I, I knew right away what he was talking about. He said he grew up small town and he's doing what he's always done. Now, Harold's about seven or eight years older than I am, so he's in his mid-50s. He said, so I married a girl just about two years after high school. He said, and it was great for the longest of times. He said, but I found myself in a situation where I feel a little weak. And so he uh, and I have met and... And we're meeting, and, and, and one day he comes and he tells me, he says, I think I figured something out. I said, well, this is going to be interesting. He goes, I was out there in the tractor, and I was riding through, and I said, I saw a couple of cows. He said, not unusual by what I do. He said, I saw a couple of cows, and I saw one cow standing up. And all of a sudden, this cow starts pooping and poops on the cow next to it. He said, I got to chuckling so hard. He said, I just kind of was driving through and looking around. He goes, he goes and I started thinking about it. Well, did that cow even know the other cow was there? He said, he said, did he even care? He goes, and I got to thinking. He said, I got to laughing so hard. He said, I almost, almost had to stop just to, to not wreck the tractor. He said, but I got to start thinking a little bit more. He said, back in the day when those cowboys were driving all that cattle, how many times could that have happened? And he goes, he goes, something clicked in my head, and I had to stop 
that tractor. He said, I came to a conclusion of something I now know. And I kind of paused for a minute, and of course, I'm waited with bated breath. You know, it's good stories that you get, and you're waiting for that big punch line to come out. And he goes, in my life as a man, I'm either the cow or I'm the cowboy. Now, I sat there thinking there was more to this. And I finally said, after some awkward silence, I said, listen. I said, you know I'm old school, but I need you to explain this more to me. And Harold looked at me and he said, well, he said, I look at a cow. He said, I know of two purposes of a cow. You either milk it or you eat it. He said, but I saw a cow sit there. He said, in all my life, I've never seen something like what I saw. He said, so it's either good for milk, he said, or it's good for meat, or it's just throwing its poop all over the place. Now, you got to know when you're talking to an old school dude, he didn't use the word poop. I said, well, I said, the cowboy, he said, listen, the great Willie Nelson said, my heroes have always been cowboys. And he goes, and if you think about those guys who were back in the day driving these cattle, he said, how strong did they have to be in order to get them from where they started to where they went and had to keep that head count? He said, what are the things that they endured? And he looked at me and said, Nathan, he said, those are heroes. They show up, they do their business, they don't complain much. Then they go home, they walk in a door, their kids come running at them. They probably have pretty good marriage for the most part. He said, he said, and then they know that they've got stuff to do at home and they don't complain about it, they do it. He said, those men are heroes. He said, so I'm either a cow or a cowboy. And he looked at me and he goes, and let me tell you which one I've been. And he gave a statement. He said, oh, go the way. Moo. He looked at me and he said, Moo. Now, when you're an old school guy and you're trying to confess a little bit about your life, some epiphanies that you have about the strength of the man that you are. And he starts to kind of unpack. Now, from the time that we had visited and all the things that we had going on, right, we've shared stories about manhood and, and marriage. We talked about being a dad. We talked about getting out in the middle of culture, right? And sometimes in the things that he might do, he might not be as exposed to the bigger cultures and, and some of the other things. But he says, I watch the news and I know the crazy. He said, but this is my statement. He goes, Moo. And that's a hard thing to do and confess when you realize the weaknesses. He said, he goes, look what I'm doing. He said, I'm going in and bragging about providing the milk 
But I know I'm just laying cow patties everywhere I go. And, and my folks are stepping in it. Man, that's hard. That's a hard confession. And so I think as men, we're going to kind of parallel a little bit with Harold's life and our own life, and we could probably all go, yeah, I've got some of that myself. And so we're going to look at what it is. What does God tell us about the strength of men and, and the call that we have in our life and the things that we need to realize that we can do to bring masculine strength back to culture today to make an impact everywhere we go, starting in our homes and, and in our circle of influence. So we're going to look at a little bit of a scripture uh, today. We're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, first chapter uh, here in uh, uh, verse uh, 17 through 19. You can read this along with me. He said, uh, now get ready. This is the Lord speaking. This is, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. And a little backstory on what we've got here is, is, is God has come to Jeremiah and said, listen, we got a problem. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand what's about to happen. He says, the days are evil. And from the north is going to come an army that's going to conquer this land. But I need you to go do some business for me. And God says to Jeremiah, he said, listen, now get ready. He said, you're going to stand up and tell them everything that I've commanded you. Do not be intimidated by them uh, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, I'm the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the king of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but will never prevail over you since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. Now that is a big, big something to hear when you're a 20-year-old, roughly 20-ish-year-old guy. And you know that you live in a wicked land because you got wicked kings to the north. There's been wars. There's been everything that's come through. At this same time of Jeremiah, just across the, the Mediterranean, just down across the sea, Greece is, is coming up and there's wars that are kind of brewing there. There's just a lot of stuff that's going on in this region. And here God comes to Jeremiah that we know as the weeping prophet. And he says that your ministry is about to launch where you're going to go speak some tough stuff to people. Ooh, I just got loud there. You're going to speak some tough stuff to some people that you know that are always coming out saying that they are my chosen people, but they are living their chosen life. He said, but I got something for you, and you're going to know this. I'm going to give you a command, and I need you to do it. And we know through the scriptures, Jeremiah stays faithful to this call. But we're going to look at how strong he had to be knowing what was coming. Now, gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Do we live in a time where we kind of know, for the most part, what's coming on a daily basis? We know that we live in a wicked time. We know that we live in a chaotic time. Culture has directed the ship in a very different direction. 
But each of us could probably confess that we wake up and we kind of know what's coming on each day. There's some surprises, no doubt, but we still are able to, to go in there and we know that we've got to get in, we've got to do business, we've got to go home, take care of stuff, and then we're going to end up going to bed and getting up and doing it again. Right? So what is the first thing that we understand that strength is driven from when we look at this passage? Right? The first thing we understand is strength is preparation. Now, that first piece in the scripture that uh, is there where God looks at Jeremiah, he, said, Jeremiah, he says, get ready. The others, other translations in that, which is great because as a guy, you like to hear this. You like to tell everybody, gird your loins, right? It is a great saying. You hear it several times in the scriptures, gird your loins. And this is kind of a, I saw this little uh, how-to and what it means. So what would back in the day... Um, Guys and, and gals wore these long tunics, and if you've ever seen or heard this before, and you gird, right, you're basically taking, you're making yourself a pair of shorts. You're taking it, you're taking your tunic, you're tying it up between your legs, you eventually tuck it into a girdle or into a belt so that you can do work, either battle, right, you can do the agricultural things that were there in the midst of that time period. There's a lot of stuff that you do when you're girding yourself in order to do something. It's a preparation, right? And so, when we think about those things, we have to know that strength starts with preparation. If you recall any time in your life where you know, okay, I was shocked by that moment and I did not know how to respond. Can anybody think of something like that in their life? Right? I remember the first time that my, my oldest daughter was in her first wreck. Now, I'm thinking myself, I've prepared you to be awesome, child. I've prepared you for perfection, right? You will not get in a wreck. You will not cause insurance to go up. You will not create a new payment, right? You're going to do... And so I was not prepared to deal with that first moment. Because rather than focusing on my child, knowing that God's got this, I started focusing on the money. The issue, the problems, right? I wasn't prepared for it. Now that my youngest seems to like wrecking vehicles, she likes hitting FedEx trucks. That's her thing. <laughs> now I'm more prepared because I understand certain things. Now we live by wisdom, right? Every day is a new day, which gives us some new insight and new experiences, which create new opportunities to be prepared for something that we haven't dealt with before. However, we understand that the command of the Lord for the man who is called is to what? Be ready. Now, if you ask yourself this question, about your readiness and the strength of your readiness. How ready are you today to face the Lord when He returns? How many of us are ready today to do the battles that we are called to do? And today we fight a much larger spiritual battle, as big as the physical battles in life. How ready are you today to be confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ as a man when you stand before Him. 
Are we dealing with the epiphany of the cow and the cowboy? Where you realize that you need to get some stuff straight. Now, this is an important understanding in preparation. How prepared are we? Whenever we think about the how-to as a man, right? The spiritual, the spiritual girding of a man has to start with God's Word. How, how else do you build a life according to the plans of God except that you understand the Word of God and apply the Word of God? Now, it seems cliche because after so many years, after the Lord walked on this earth, and we hear it often as men, these are the things we ought to do to be prepared to face the challenges that are in front of us. But we lose, I think, for men, and let me tell you, the church is full of weak men. Our society has weaker men who are not prepared to deal with what is before us on a spiritual level. And so we have to really understand this. It, it's time to stop talking and it is time to start doing. Would you agree? Right? You raise kids, you know when it's time to clean your room, if you want to go out to your buddy's house, then it's not time to start shoving it under the bed or in the closet and trying to hide the imperfections. It's time to get it clean and do the business at hand. So strength comes from being prepared. And if we start in God's Word and make the changes to God's Word um, in our lives that apply them well, then guess what happens? We're not shocked when we're dealing with the crazies. I mean, it's just, it's, it's what we've got to be. So gird it up, boys. It's another way to say what? Man up. And that's how we can begin our personal strength in the Lord. So where did it go? It went out when we threw the baby out with the bathwater. And we started giving our position away. We started giving our, our, our authority away that's given to us by the Scriptures. When we became secondary in our homes, then all that happened was Genesis 3 was fulfilled when God said it would be the, the prowess of the woman to usurp the authority and want for her man. Now we don't have to rule it with an iron fist because we need to rule it with love and gentleness and care, but then that trickles out into society where we give away our position out of the fear of offending. We've got to stop that. Because the more men pull away, the worse things seem to get. So yeah, we have a man problem. We just don't have enough man up. Because we're not ready for it. What's the second thing we've got to deal with? Well, strength requires confidence. Now we do a good job of putting on an air of confidence, but what did God say to Jeremiah, he said to them, stand up and tell them everything I commanded you. Because if you don't, then you're going to cower before them. And he said, they're not going to make you cower. He says what? He says, I will cause you to cower before them. 
Now, that's sobering if you think about it, dudes. Like, if you think about the truth of that, if we're not willing to stand up in the power of who the Lord has called us to be, then what do we do? We cower before the ways of the world. There's a, a Christian rap song, and it's by a guy named Dax, and, and he says this. He says, I've never seen God's eyes, but I've seen the devil's. He walks with men on earth. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He walks with men. It is easy to be pushed aside to cause to stumble and run away when the truth is, as we live in the, the world that has the prince of darkness that rules over it. And when we look into society, we, look at, we certainly can see the wiles of the devil. And yet, how many of us are standing up in the strength of confidence that we have and who we're called to be to speak truth into a world that needs truth spoken into it? And not just randomly, but in willingness to get before the world at a gas station, anywhere at a picnic with a family member. Remember, Jeremiah is being told that you're going to go into the world, you're going to speak to people who know you, you're going to speak to people who are called by the same thing that you are. But you're going to speak to them about the truth of what's coming. That they need repentance. That they need to come before Yahweh. They need to come and on bended knee, show their heart and receive the graces that they have been promised since their father Abraham. Take hold of the promises. But, but what happened in that culture? By the time they started palling around with all the Phoenicians there and the Canaanites and everybody else, they started taking on their culture. And in the Middle East, in this area that we know as Israel, we see them taking on all these things and all the, 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 the idolatry, all of the festivals, all the things that celebrate something that God is not. And so they've lost their confidence in who God is. In Deuteronomy, God says to the nation of Israel, He says, do not forget where you came from and who set you free from it. I saw a, a cool little video that a guy was kind of talking about taking and and the things that we put our life into that end up taking our confidence, the things that we're confident in, and they start to kind of link together. So he had some carabiners that were kind of clicking together and clicking together. And he talked about all the things in his own life. And he's putting these things in. And he looks back at it and he says, I can't look back at that first chain and feel confident in what that should have been. And the first chain that he gave was his testimony. What was it that gives him a man, as a man, the most focus and the most strength as he confessed it was his testimony after his salvation? And by the time he started linking everything else onto it, he forgot that that's what that first one was. And he looked at the chain that was there before him. How many times are we shackling ourselves? Being confident not in the way of the Lord, in the calling of a man, but in the things that we get that society tells us is more important than what God has given us to walk in. And He's given us confidence by saying this. Stand up and talk 
We know that, the, that the, in, the, in the Psalms and, and in the Proverbs, we see so many times it tells us the things that we need to be teaching, the things that we need to be walking in, the ways that we need to go and share about who God is and the testimony in our lives. And I don't know a guy who has never stopped to listen to me share about the dumb stuff I have done both before my salvation and after. You want to connect with a guy? Tell him. Tell him your testimony. And then confidently telling him that, you know what? I am still a sinner. But instead of being in need of a Savior, I am now seeking hard a Savior. And I'm trying to walk right. I mess up because only Jesus is perfect. So I'm trying to pursue the excellence of God. Now, that's the most confident that I've ever spoken to any guy. And let me tell you, those types of moments in life bring strength to another man who realize, I'm like you. That feels good to connect with another man who understands that we're just guys seeking truth. And that truth that sets us free is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. How confident are you in your testimony? If you could share it today, if every one of you had to get in line and share your testimony in 30 seconds, how could you? Could you feel confident in it? What if I gave you five minutes? Could you, could you fumble through it enough and feel good about it? An hour? An hour? Everybody's like, yeah, I can get it through in an hour. Because I'm going to chase that rabbit. Oh, I forgot what I was talking about. Let's go back and talk about this. Hey, I am Captain Chase the Rabbit when it comes to conversations. But we've got to be confident. We've got to be confident in the men that God has called us to be in this culture and this day. Because every one of us have the ability to discuss the problems of the world, the problems in the church, the problems with the guy next to us, and yet we're not able to confront the confidence that we lack in the testimony of who God has called us to be. Amen? Because that is an amen moment for me. Be confident in who you are and stop, being sh- stop shirking yourself from what that truth is. Because here's what happens. When you are not confident in the obedience to the Lord, then what happens? He told Jeremiah what will happen when you're not confident. He says, I will cause you to cower. Hard. God knows that he has called the Assyrians to come in and conquer the land. And everybody's seen this. Chaldeans have come. The Egyptians are coming out. Right? This whole area, this whole Fertile Crescent area is wanted by everybody. So guess what? God has seen and called out ruin when the nation of Israel, when God's called people, can't stand firm for Him. We've got to be bold, man. But there's something else when we talk about strength. So not only strength and preparation and not only strength in our confidence, but this. Listen to what uh, this guy, so this is Jim Ramos. He wrote a book uh, a couple years ago called Strong Men uh, in a Dangerous World. He says, a strong man is this, one who can carry heavy burdens, withstand great pressure, move threatening obstacles, tangible or intangible, that threaten those who are in the sphere of influence. 
Now that, how many of you guys are that guy? Yeah, how many? Okay, all right. if we took account, this is the number of hands that we need up. We, we need this, we need to be this. Because of what purpose, right? When you think about what he says in this book, he's, he's writing a much, uh, a big spear of this cultural demonization of man. And this is telling us that we have given our position because we don't understand this. This is a strong man. And what he did is he looked at two definitions given of what the word strong means, right? And in, in these two definitions, he just combined them. Basically, one says that you're physically strong. The other one says that you're able to withstand pressure. So if we're strong men living strong lives according to the strength of the Lord, then we should be these guys right here. We carry heavy burdens. We carry, because if you've got a family, if you've got a job, if you wake up every morning, you carry a heavy burden. And it's good because we're called to. We're called into fellowship so that they don't carry that burden alone because a guy knows what a guy goes through. I always say, uh, people ask, because uh, I coach a lot of, of young girls and stuff like that, and, and, and their moms will start coming and talking to me. And I can talk about daughters because I've got four of them and I've raised them. Right? I've got 20, almost 24, I've got 22, I've got 20 and 19, like I've got girls. And they all are different and they all give me different burdens. I have gray hairs because I trust in the scriptures that these are the quivers of the beauty and blessings of the Lord that are given to me by my children. And that's good. So I have to understand that the next piece is, 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 is I've got to withstand great pressure. And I can be that man. Right? And, and I can be the strong guy here that I am going to move threatening obstacles. Listen, is, is there any guy in here that's not willing to stand before something that's going to impede or threaten your circle of influence? If you're not, you are missing the boat. Regardless of your, if you're a melancholy, spirited kind of guy, if you're a bold and boisterous guy, right? If you're kind of maybe a behind the scenes guy, it's okay, but are you willing to stand in those threatening moments? Because one of the things that I've always said with another guy is that I'm willing to stand with a man shoulder to shoulder to fight hell with a water pistol. And that's what we ought to do. I just got the big Nerf gun if I got to do it by myself, the super soaker. But it sure works better if I got a whole mess of men who are strong in their pursuits to fight the wiles of hell. I'm telling you, it's a true thing. What does it say here in Ephesians? Paul writes that he requires us to stand firm, right? He says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted for the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, if we're carrying burdens, aren't we all seeking peace from those burdens? We are, so we need to be equipped. There's our preparation in order to do the big battle. We can do this together, man. We can encourage one another. We can definitely stand strong in that. Strength is also, uh, it's a stand to show that it's tough and it is beautiful. Why? Well, look at what uh, he said here. He said, today... I am the one who made you a fortified city. 
an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the officials, its priests, and the population. That's one man against the world, dudes. That's our ninth inning, two outs, three-two count, bases loaded. You got to have the ball go out of the yard to win the game moment. This is one man against the world. Have you ever felt like one man against the world, against your world? Yeah, we certainly all have. If you haven't, it's coming. Don't worry. But what we do is often forget this that Jeremiah was given as a promise by God. He said this. Now, if you go back into this time in ancient Near East, right, they're building up fortresses and all these things. If you go over to Greece at this time, this is what would be a necropolis. If you get into the middle of a Greek city, the polis, they're going to, on a high side, on a big hill, they're going to build a building, a fort, so that they can see the things that are coming against them, so that they have the high ground. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you know how important the high ground is, thanks to Obi-Wan. When you've built this fort and you are standing up there, any fort is not supposed to be something that can easily be destroyed. And God, who has told Jeremiah, you are going to face the world, but I am going to provide for you the defense that you need. He said, I have made you a fortified city. The Spirit of God surrounds us. It protects us in our front, in our back, on each side of us. In other words, God says that I will prepare you and take care of you to do the will that I've called you to do. Men, we struggle with it because in our strength we give it up in the fear that we're not going to be able to take the risk successfully. But he says, not only have I made you a fortified city, but I'm making you an iron pillar was the purpose of an iron pillar. Now we know and we think about iron, automatically we, we quickly go to Proverbs 27, 17, knowing that iron sharpens iron, right? But the purpose of an iron pillar is simply to uphold the roof as its pressure is put on to what is then at that time in the world the strongest metal. Iron itself can be forged and hold true and not be uh, not experience so much uh, rust and, and brittleness that it falls apart when, a, when pressure is applied. And Jeremiah is being told, pressure is coming upon you, boy. You got to deal with some stuff. It is you against the world. So I'm going to make you an iron pillar to withstand the pressures that are there. Now at this time of Jeremiah, we're in the Bronze Age, so bronze is another great and durable metal, something that doesn't rust, something that doesn't fall apart, right? When it's cared for and is not going through the, 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 the destructiveness that, that uh, can, can break it down from the elements, right? It is not brittle, it holds true. And the Bronze Age itself, you go through, if you study anything in history, you're going to see that bronze is something that's a little bit lighter than iron, something that becomes a formidable weapon, and is indestructible when it is used well. And in every fort that doesn't fall, they just recently um, had, uh, just a few years ago, uncovered uh, in an area of the Mycenaeans uh, on one of the islands, I think it was on the, uh, the island of Sicily or Cyprus, one of those two, 
that they uncover and have dug down and they found this 15-foot wide wall. And in this wall, they end up seeing layers of bronze. Now, if I have walls of bronze, then I know that beyond the simpleness of the stone outside that I can get to that bronze level, that's harder to get through. And God has told us, men, that not only are we a fortified city and an iron pillar, but we are given walls that are indestructible. Man, you place that into the gospel, and that is true in every way. But it's beautiful, too, because if you've ever seen ornate bronze, Man, that's something to behold. We understand that finally strength is resilient. He tells Jeremiah, they will fight against you, but never prevail over you. Guys, that's awesome. That's a promise. That's a promise to you, to me, as much as it was a promise to Jeremiah back 600 years before Christ. It's resilient. It takes a beating and keeps on going, right? It is the energizer bunny of the day. It gives us the things that we need to understand that the difference between the things that we can throw down and the problems that actually can be caused when we cower away from God's truth, we can be strong and we can be heroes in the same way. We become fearless. We're bold. We're prepared. We stand and ready to defend the truth in a culture that tells us truth is subjective to whatever the heck you want it to be. You want to call your name Nancy? Okay. (laughs) But that's not true, is it? We need to overcome the society of weak men. We need to stand in strength. We need to stand resolved that... Anything that we're dealing with today can be put to bed by trusting in how strong God is in you. Now, one of the great things is is a guy who loves history. And I encourage you to read it because I don't know that it's going to play. Is that Teddy Roosevelt stood before a group of people, and talked about what a great citizen in this republic looked like. And in a small snippet of that transcript of what he talked about is known as, what, as what's known as the man in the arena. Has anybody ever heard of that? Right? Guys, I want you to go and I want you to listen to Teddy Roosevelt's snippet of this speech about what a strong man looks like. And ultimately, he says, in a, in a small kind of view of it, he says, listen, it's not about the critics. It's, it's not about the things that are spoken against you. 
Because the man in the arena that stands firm and resolved is the one who's got dust on his face, who's doing the work, who's standing confidently, and he stands with another man in victory. But regardless, victory or defeat, he is willing to do the great work. God has called us all to a great work, guys. And it's a great work to be able to do together. John Mark wrote a, a, a book a, a little bit ago, The Five Pillars of Manhood, right? And it's a great book. If you don't have a copy, I'm sure you can get a copy here. Or, I know it's on Amazon, I think, right? And, 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 and if we can just do those things together and walk in that strength and walk boldly, challenge ourselves to something simple. Like, it's simple. This is simple. You ready? Share the gospel with somebody. Oh, panic. No, don't panic. The truth of God will never come back void, no matter how much you fumble it. Go share it. Be confident. Someone speaks back against you on it, be resilient. Remember, you are a fortified city. You're an iron pillar. You're bronze walls. Which makes you tough and pretty. Go be different because your home needs it. Your children need it. Your coworkers need it. Wherever you're at, they need it. Because we've got to stand and take back what we have willingly given up. Doesn't matter how old we are, doesn't matter what our station in life is, doesn't matter where we work, today is the day to go and be strong. Will you be strong with me? Will you stand in the arena with me? Will you fight hell with a water pistol with me? Let's pray. Lord, you are too good to us. And God, we're thankful for a group of men that show up on Tuesday mornings together, who come to do battle together, who, who have the commitment to do it. God, we just ask in every way that you give us the application together to get out there in this crazy world to do it. A world that has abandoned you, that tells us that who you've made us to be, how you've created us, that we can't be strong. God, we want to take that back in honor of you and the commands that you've given us to be ready. God, prepare our hearts for battle. Prepare our minds for battle. God, help us to, to gird our loins, to gird our mind against all the impurities that we'll look at, against the, the, the things that we'll think that are not right and according to your word. God, that we will stand ready to battle those things spiritually and physically. God, just give us that preparedness to do it. God, we just pray that you'll make us confident. And if we lack confidence, Lord, that, that, you'll be re, that, that we can be reminded that, that we're not called to cower before the world, that we're called to stand firm in it. God, that we, that we have been given the tools that begin with your word, that begin with fellowship with other men of likeness. God, that we, we, we are together bound in prayer, that we are breaking the shackles and the chains of the craziness and the weakness of men. God, that, that we can even overcome weak men. God, mentor, counsel, and make them strong. God, we just, we ask you for that. And Lord, we ask you 
that you'll make us these iron pillars that, that no matter how much pressure stands on us, God, that, that we're able to uphold it. And it's not that we're doing it, God, that, it's, that you've equipped us to do so. And Lord, in every way, God, make us resilient. We take a beating in, in so many different ways. God, but, but, but help us get back up. Help us pursue another day. Help us to battle with truth against a world of lies. And Lord, I just, I'm just i going to call on that, that, that song verse. I've seen the eyes of the devil in this world. And God, we just pray bondage for that. We pray that you'll bind it and cast it out so that when we look ahead, we don't see anything other than you. Because we know in you there's confidence and resiliency and preparedness and truth. So Lord, help us in the men of this church, men of our homes, the men of our influences. God, help us to go and be strong. For we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, man, thank you for enduring that. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.